0: Section Twenty of Pee-wee Harris. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Pee-wee Harris by Percy Keys Fitzhugh. Chapter Twenty: An Official Rebuke. As for Pee-wee, his trouble was quite of another character. The dubious outlook for their great enterprise did not submerge his buoyant spirit he had been the genius of many colossal enterprises most of them falling short of his glowing predictions and his ingenious mind passed from one thing to another with no lingering regrets he usually invested so much enthusiasm in organization that he had none left for maintenance he did not stick at anything long enough to be disappointed in it there were too many other worlds to be conquered his heart was no longer in the refreshment parlor and he was already finding solace in becoming his own solitary customer by eating the taffy which he could not sell there had been so few things in pepsi's poor little life that she had put her whole intense little heart and soul in this and was resolved that this hero from the great world of bridgeboro should buy the tents which in plain fact he had already forgotten about So it happened that while Pepsi was lying on her left side, one of Licorice Stick's prescriptions to ensure good luck for the morrow, Pee-wee was dangling his legs from the counter eating a doughnut. What concerned him now was this mystery of speeding cyclists. That was the big thing in his young life. He believed them to be fugitives. Their reckless speed and the fact that they used no headlights gave color to his delightful supposition little had they thought that this diminutive scout unseen in the darkness had read that message in the morse code with perfect ease hide kelly's barn what did that mean if pee-wee had liked beriah bungle the everdoze constable he would have gone to him with his information but he disliked beriah bungle with true scout thoroughness He knew him to be officious, and swelling with self-importance, and he was not going to put business in such a creature's way. But the next morning something happened which showed Scout Harris in a new light. Going to the post office early in the morning, he saw a sign posted on the bulletin board, and he read it with lively interest. $250 reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of the thieves who stole two motorcycles from the yard of Chandler's Motorcycle Repair Shop in Baxter City. The machines are Indian models bearing license plates 2570 and 92632. Both machines are comparatively new. Communicate with Austin Sawyer, County Prosecutor, County of Borden, Baxter City. This notice had evidently been brought down by the mail driver early in the morning, and several distinguished citizens of Everdoze were gathered about, commenting on it. It seemed certain that none of the Everdoze dozers had heard the motorcycles, and surely no one in the village could have been any the wiser for seeing those quick, tiny flashes which told so much to the scout. I heard something, but not no motorcycles, said Nathaniel Capp. Twas a auto, or I'm crazy. Then spoke Bariah Bungle, sticking his thumbs into his suspenders so that his rusty-colored coat flapped open, showing his imposing badge. They wouldn't never come this way. They wouldn't. When they got the highway to go on, they hit into the highway from Baxter. That's what they done. Them fellers is Confederates, waitin' cross the state line with New York license plates. They made the line last night. Them fellers gets as fur as they can on the first go-off. Wow, how's refreshments, he added, turning upon Pee-wee. You ought to know, Pee-wee piped up. You took enough of them, which caused a laugh among the store loungers. When I was a youngster, if I sassed my elders, I got the hickory stick, Mariah said. Yes, and when you grew up, you got the peppermint sticks and doughnuts and things. Pee-wee shot back. At this, Darius Drag and Nathaniel Knapp laughed uproariously. Constable Bungle saw but one way out of his rather embarrassing situation, and that was the old approved device of a box on the ears. The official slap sounded loud in the little post office and left Pee-wee's cheek and ear tingling. "'I'll learn you how to answer back to your superiors,' said Constable Bungle. "'We don't relish sass from city youngsters down here.' You mind that. Now, you get along and out of here and tell your uncle to learn use of manners and respect for the law. Pee Wee faced him. His cheek flushed, his eyes blazing. You're a you're a coward and a thief, that's what you are, he shouted. You you haven't got brains enough to find two two motorcycles, you haven't. All you can do is stand around and eat things that other people's trying to sell. You're a coward and a, a, a fool, and you owe as much as a, a dollar. You'd better button your coat up, or you'll you'll be stealing your own watch, you, you coward. With this rebuke which left Mariah gaping, Pee-wee started home, holding a hand to his cheek. He was trying hard not to cry, not from the pain, but from the indignity he had suffered. He had never known such a thing in all his life before. He felt shamed, humiliated his whole sturdy little form trembled at the thought of such degradation at the hands of a stranger End of chapter twenty recording by keith Salis.